Welcome to Tuned In Dialed Up. It's a podcast about podcasting hosted by a very sick, getting over being sick boy. I'm Gavin, joined by the imitable Will Williams. Hi. I'm so sorry that you're so sick. I I don't even... the, the, The thing that makes me frustrated is that I don't feel bad. Oh, I just yeah. sound like death. I mean, I did feel bad yesterday, so I went into my doctor, and he was like, "Here's antibiotics and a steroid again. Have fun." And uh, now I'm now I'm riding high on a Z pack, so it's time to get some podcasting done. Oofa doofa. So, so we missed an upload uh, because nobody's po buddy's nerfed. Um, <laughs> welcome to T Do's birthday month, everybody. The show's, a, the show's almost a year old. It is. It's such a such a good, cute baby. It's going to be. Uh, I, I don't want to start into it now because I feel like that's a fun discussion to have on the special birthday live stream that we don't know how we're going to do. But um, just going to go gonna ahead and it. call the shot. Just to, just to call the shot now on uh, March 28th, which I believe is a Thursday, we will be having a some sort of live tuned in dialed up with obviously audience questions and all that fun stuff this is just gonna be vocal fry the episode everybody i'm just gonna let you know that right <laughs> fuck now it's okay uh, you won't get criticized me- for it you're a man so it's fine. yeah yeah no no i'll be, be wow gavin's gavin's brave for going out there and just being all yeah <laughs> yeah well why don't we just hop into um this a lot's happened this week a lot's a lot's I happened. Forgot about the I, be... I forgot about the iTunes thing. Oh, today. God. <laughs> That's how much. So, okay. So, let, let, there's going to be two parts to the discussion, right? Like, we're going to, we're, well, let's up, do, up, let's up. do shining moments, but yeah. maybe I just, I just want to tease, like, we're going to have kind of two discussion topics today, not just one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they're so related. But, Will. Well, no, we're we going to do three. We're going to do three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Will. What's your shining moment of the last few weeks? Because there's been some fun, cool stuff happening. Yes. Um, so <laughs> it's been a lot. A lot has happened. I will say that for me, my shining moment is I am officially working with Podcast Movement to help curate oh, yeah, their audio are. fiction track. Yeah, I am. I'm really happy about it. Um, for For those who don't know, I went to. Oh, no, you know. Well, OK, well, if you haven't listened to the episode, you don't know. So, uh, last August, I went to Philly for Podcast Movement, and I loved it, and I had a great time, and we have an episode that I did with Eric and Amanda and Julia from Multitude, um, so be sure to listen to that episode. Um, but the founders reached out to me, and also friend of the show, Ellie, Elena Fernandez-Collins, um, and... <laughs> Sorry, just I, I love it when people fucking nail uh, pronunciations. I don't think I nailed that at all, but I it's, I it's better than I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> better than I've heard from myself. Sorry, Ellie. We try. We are trying. We will continue getting better. But we so we're going to be working with Podcast Movement. They're doing an audio fiction track this year. We've talked and we have some very exciting panels and discussions that I'm really looking forward to. We have curated some guests that I think are going to be really great. We're going to be talking to more potential guests soon. I'm very proud of the work that we are doing. I am very honored to be helping this team for this event that I really love. It's really great. And Gavin is going to be there this year too. I'm so excited. We'll have more details on that 
probably closer to the event, but hey, come to Podcast Movement. It's going to be great. The audio fiction represent representation is going to be actually legit. And Gavin and I will be there. So come say hi. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. There's actually an email. <clears throat> There's an email that went out today on the Podcast Movement Discord. Not Discord. That's nope. not it. Email. Uh, yep. n- newsletter. That's the word I was trying to remember. The newsletter had a fun infographic that mentioned like what is it the itunes genres that are represented by people who go to uh, podcast movement Uh uh-huh yeah there's a huge spike in like the business and finance section which is cool but uh Mm -hmm. there i feel like there are some genres of uh people who produce podcasts that need to be aware of everyone else in the market chat shows need to be aware of fic actually everyone needs to know more about fiction Right. In their well, sphere, I think. I don't know how much I can say about this specific session, but it's it's one I pitched really early on when I was talking to um Dan and Jared of of Podcast Movement. But it, I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but I, I can tell you like, there's going to be programming that should help that. Woo. Is what I will say. Uh I'm very I I, I probably should point out I I mean there's no specifics for what I'm doing yet, but I will be there as a uh, straw hat wearing journalist uh, <laughs> opposite to Will, who will be like more involved in the convention itself. So like, we'll both be there. It's just, we're not, I'm not, I'm not just there throwing out panel ideas be- for random reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and what about if uh, we get Conan O'Brien to do a business show? How about that? Because obviously Conan needs more shows. Haha, ha, that's Gavin's thing getting out. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. I, I'm just going to go ahead and tie it in. Yeah, my, my shining moment yeah. of the past few weeks has been the fact that uh, I got confirmation. I am freelancing and I will be working um, podcast movement. I have booked my Days in hotel room that is a mile and a half away from the, the resort. Ooh, Orlando in August. Yeah, it's, it's, been, a de- be it's been a decade sweaty. since I've done this. Yeah. Um, yep, it's gonna be real sweaty. Um, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, once you actually get to the convention it'll be perfectly fine, but the yes. whole uh, rest of the days. <laughs> so what are our three things? We got iTunes, we got Luminary, and then Uh Spotify. So okay, so Jeez. For... <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so in so case you aren't it's... able to tell, um, Usually we talk about some part of the industry and trends and, you know, the culture. Today is just going to be our opinions industry and recap. ruminations yep, on industry recap because a lot has happened very, very, very fast. I think that the best way to do this is going to be chronologically. Yep. So Spotify, Spotify first. So Spotify bought Gim... Wow. Just... Wow. Uh, you can, you can, you can tell I haven't been sleeping full nights. Spotify, I almost said Spotify bought Gindle. Uh, Spotify, <laughs> Spotify purchased Gimlet for 200 mil. Was that the end? So the figures that we know. I forget doing, cause it's, it's Gimlet and Anchor it's at Gimlet the same and time. Anchor. And I believe it's 280 mil, 60 mil were for Anchor, 220 were for Gimlet. And just so, I mean, for anyone who hasn't heard of Anchor, Anchor's whole shtick is you can host a podcast for free on Anchor if you use their proprietary, like, app, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like an all-in-one. 
you record in Anchor, you can add your intro and outro music, and then you host right there all through an app. The only podcast I can think of as a good example of this is uh, The Empty Bowl, made by Justin McElroy yes. and uh, the other host of that show, whose name I'm slipping on right now. Mm-hmm. That show is made entirely in Anchor, and they use the Anchor Donate. There's also like a tip jar function yes. that a lot of other people have, but Anchor actually puts marketing behind it. So they're like, mm-hmm. hey, you can donate money through this, um, which is good for podcasts like Empty Bowl, which are entirely for fundraising reasons. So I just think it's pretty, it's a pretty cool to think. It is unfortunate that, as has been discussed in the past, Anchor's Terms of Service does essentially give them the right to uh, use your IP to advertise Anchor however they want. Given that Anchor just got bought out by Spotify, I feel like the TOS is about to change pretty dramatically because, I mean, if I were to purchase something like Anchor, I would just turn it into how to make podcasts through Spotify. Right, right, exactly. I Okay, so there's a few things to dissect here. So first... <laughs> so much to unpack. There's so much. I think to put it into perspective, I think this really put it in perspective for me. I don't know who I saw make this connection first, but what I really love is the idea that Spotify essentially just purchased iTunes. Yeah. Except now they're not behooven to Apple. Like right, exactly. iTunes iTunes right now today in this year of of everything 2019 is in charge still but if spotify were to flick a couple switches and be like come host through us bitches uh they could effectively dominate podcasting to the point where there's a war there's a a war between two higher powers right yeah i think that's kind of what we're what we're expecting at this point so i am not I am a journalist. I am not a news journalist. It is exhausting for me. I, I, I listen to and read pod news every day. Um, I do get the hot pod newsletter. I, I stay current on the news and informed, but I don't write on the news. And I usually don't speculate on the news. Um, but I, I think what we're going to see from Spotify is... They're going to, you know, push podcasts more, which I think is genuinely a very good thing. Spotify has been pretty good to podcasts across the board. They care about fiction a lot. Um, They're easy to find. Just today, Tozaman was talking on Twitter about how they use Spotify mostly for their podcast because they can switch between music and podcasts seamlessly. And I know a lot of people who do like I would say that most people who listen to podcasts and aren't like power listeners like me and Gavin and probably you if you're listening to this, um, most normals listen to podcasts on either the default app on their phone or Spotify. And I would say more and more because those default apps are so fucking bad. um, Spotify is what people are turning to. So in that case, love that. I, I do think it's going to get more people listening to podcasts. I do. I would, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I have that. This is entirely because I have Spotify premium because I review music and paying $10 a month is much cheaper than paying $40 a month for four albums. Mm-hmm. The only reason I don't use Spotify as a podcasting app is it doesn't have the features that Pocket Cast does. And I have right, 200 right. plus subscriptions. 
Though, oh my god, Pocket Cast did just update and it fucked my whole life over. Um, uh, it's it's not a fun a, UI change. It's not. I know that some people really love it. Um, it's just, it's. I use it in very specific ways because of the work that I do. Anyway. Yeah. So the other thing I think that we can see from Spotify specifically is Spotify not quite letting Anchor continue the way that it is. Like, probably for a little while. Um similar to how when PRX and PRI merged and they still have Radio Public and Radio Public is still going, but I think they also bought Pocket Casts and Pocket Casts is still going. Anyway. Wait, wait. Wait, I thought Pocket Casts was owned by NPR. Yes. So so PRX and PRI are like tangentially related to NPR kind of. I, 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 I'm sorry I'm making you build this Pepe Silvia chart with all the I different connecting yeah. spider line so and honestly also, i'm not even sure that that's right that they're tangentially related in my head they are yes npr is tied to pri the thing we the thing we've been uh dodging here or not dodging just haven't touched on yet is in doing it's not just that spotify purchased a podcasting company and a podcast hosting company to show that they're serious about this they purchased the the company that destabilized um, traditional radio. Yep. Because I, I remember that was one of the things that Roman Mars was talking about at PodCon was how mm-hmm. uh, Gimlet sniped a lot of people from traditional radio. Mm-hmm. And that kind of threw them off their game real quick. Mm-hmm. Gimlet is good at churning out shows that get tons of subscribers. Love it yep. or hate it. And I got lots of complicated opinions about Gimlet shows. There's some good ones. There's Do some you, ones Gavin? That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some that offend me to my core. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. the thing is, Gimlet knows how to uh, attract people because, let's be honest, there's a lot of different ways to get attention in podcasting. Yeah. They bought Gimlet, and they and that just basically means they can build a walled garden of Gimlet content in future that you can only access through Spotify Premium, which is something that we could have seen coming for a long time because, what was it, Crime Town Season 3? Mm-hmm. Was it Spotify Premium exclusive? Yep, that was a little tease right there. That was—I mean, it's a little less obvious than like the McElroy brothers talking about being super friendly with Gimlet for several months. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That is just—if that—if nothing happens, they're super nice people who just happen to be friends with people who work at Gimlet, I guess. But there was a real, there was a real thick time. Where the McElroys were plugging the shit out of Gimlet content. A real thick time. Real thick time. I couldn't real come up with anything. Time. This is just going to be an episode of Gavin trying to make words work. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. <laughs> I have an associate's degree, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I I can definitely see them um, paywalling a good amount of their podcasts that do super well, which... We'll touch on in item three, which is luminary. But um, <laughs> getting back to the app. So I think that they're going to let Anchor run its course for a bit and like kind of see how it works, really get in the innards, see how people are using it, run some some of their own analytics. And then I think that they are going to gut it and turn it into a specifically Spotify branded app for creation. Um, I could be completely wrong in that regard, but... Anchor has a lot that could be fixed from what I've heard from people using it. Um, And 
I think that Spotify will, I think that they have the capital to improve those things and make something really, really marketable. I think that, I, I think that it'll be something that is specifically Spotify branded eventually. And then the other big change I think we're going to see um, from this acquisition is I think that we're going to see the heads of Gimlet leave Gimlet. Yeah? No, yeah. wait, wait, Will. Are you telling me? Are you telling me the podcast company that got started with a podcast called Startup? I know. <laughs> is going to is going to do what startups do. <laughs> in which they sell out and then everyone who the original company wanted leaves. Yeah. That's just that's just rude, Will. I that's know. how you do business. I know. I I think it's worth saying, even though it's very, very, very obvious. And again, we could let's be just totally say, wrong. Let's just say the 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 likely end goal is going to be all three of them saying no, no, no to their contract right. renewals. <laughs> yes, I will say. When this news hit, I was pretty annoyed and I was pretty frustrated and I was pretty negative. Um, most of my negativity was coming from feeling like yeah this was um a lot of money that was being put into podcasting but it's just going to the people who already make money in podcasting and if not they make feeling enough... like it's go ahead sorry no they make enough money to run credit card ads yeah like G gimlet runs the least targeted ads i have heard in podcasting even on npr they run like liberal portland coffee drinking like oh you can purchase furniture and have it shipped mm -hmm. to your house for just fifty dollars uh meanwhile they're like reply all is brought to you by walmart <laughs> yep exactly exactly their ads are big and weird they're big because they don't they don't have a demographic their demographic is podcasters and that's really as I, I yeah. realize that's me embracing this this uh, uh, industry being very small, and I want it to be not small, but it's jarring to feel that much of a change that fast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say I have warmed to the Gimlet and, and Spotify deal because I do think it'll get people listening to more podcasts. I'm still very frustrated by it. I'm still annoyed that the only people who are being noticed in podcasting are the people who have already been noticed in podcasting yeah i understand yeah. that that's just media and business it still does bother me and i don't although for the upshot here is a few of the people that you and i consider to be people who are already well known in podcasting the the your your average joe out there who has listened to conan o'brien and joe rogan and that's about it and they think that's what podcasting is mm -hmm. they will be introduced to at least one step further and i, yes. I that's that's going to be kind of like i i don't know if you have a driving thesis for where you want podcasting as an art form to go but mm. i would like more people to have a diverse view of what the word podcast means mm -hmm. yes and it's not just people talking about shit Yes, that would be great. What we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin, how do you feel about the whole deal overall? The, Spot the Spotify Gimlet thing is, yeah. I, I mean, I, we've made fun of Gimlet. I have made fun of Gimlet. There are some really talented 
people working at Gimlet. I don't give, I don't begrudge them one fucking bit uh, doing their jobs. I will be. Sorry. I just remember something that we have to talk about too. Oh, what? We have to talk about Starly Kynes thread. Oh, Starly Kynes thread. Uh, Let me pull that up real quick. Let me say while I'm doing that, um, I will be absolutely livid if anyone from the Shruthi Pitamanini pay rank down is let go. Yeah. If the three white dudes at Reply All get to keep their jobs and then they just start cycling out people, that's when I'm going to start calling bullshit on the... um... Mm-hmm. So for those uh, for the for those who have not heard of this, um, one of the most successful things Gimlet has ever done is give producer Starly Kine a show called The Mystery Show, in which Kine researched a mystery, and that was kind of the gimmick was that it was just non-important stuff like how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? Because if you start really looking into it, there was no interview in which jake gyllenhaal said how tall he was and he has never been like measured for anything right so there's a there once you if you don't cheat and just ask jake gyllenhaal it's actually kind of a rough one to figure out um and that that episode that particular episode is really fucking good i think yeah there was one where somebody had a belt buckle that was super specific and yeah yeah yeah, he got it from somebody who found it on the ground, and he was like, this is clearly a custom belt buckle. Can we get it back to the person who owned it? How do we find them? Um, That's a... Yeah, I it just was, love this. I, it, was it was a really a good show. It was a great show. It still has 19,000 followers on Twitter. Yep. Oh, my God. The, the mystery show Twitter account says season two in the works. Oh. So that's the thing. Season one of Mystery Show just kind of stopped. And then we find out um, Starly Kine is now working at NPR right. as an editor. Uh, and creator Starly Kine was basically uh, Spotify or Spotify. Well, now Spotify. Gimlet said she was fired for reasons. Um, and the show was too expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. And then they and this is complete hearsay on my part. But then they then they suddenly show up with heavyweights which is a show that is very much in the same vein as the mystery show but it is far cheaper to produce because it's just two people talking into mics right. whereas starly kind required several months of um actual research and interviews and travel yeah so i don't i don't know it just feels it felt like an excuse yeah absolutely So on February 2nd, which is when this deal was happening, when it was uh, released, the news was, Starly Hine tweeted, I need some help with this math. I created a podcast that was loved by many, that was a commercial and critical success, only to be told by the company that produced it that both myself and the show were worthless. But that company is now reportedly worth $200 How? Um, She goes on later to talk about talk about some of her experiences emphasizing the fact that they didn't just call her show worthless but also her as a person and as a creator right um yeah it's it's devastating um and and because of that it makes me very very wary about the entire thing 
even if I do think, even if I do think overall it'll get people listening to more podcasts. It is, yes. But I, it's, it's worth saying that in the midst of all of this, we have a creator who was spoken to very unkindly and unjustly, treated very unkindly and unjustly. Her show is one of the reasons that Gimlet became famous, and she has gotten less than nothing. And I think that it was it was the first Gimlet show I ever heard. Mm -hmm. That's the case for a lot of people. I the first Reply All ad I ever heard was on uh, was on that. I think. Yep. Um. Yeah. Any Any final thoughts on the Spotify Gimlet anchor deal, Gavin? If they if if they give kind the keys to uh mystery show again great um unfortunately season two of mystery show will n- 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 never live up to expectations yeah. um because of this whole thing right. uh, uh unfortunately that show has is now the half-life three of podcasts in which it'll just never it'll never live up because there's so much expectation to it i kind of want there to be a season two no matter what i just don't look forward to the day where some asshole on reddit's like uh, it's not as good as it used to be because like mm-hmm. that was made during a different time in podcasting right before gimlet was like hey science journalist spend all of your savings to fly out to hawaii and make this podcast about people trapped in a bubble for a year <sighs> yes should we we could give you money for a plane ticket but nah no. you do it yourself yeah so item number two i already don't remember what it is oh it's item iTunes. number two is itunes oh, um what a fucking proving clusterfuck. by proving by accident that itunes still kind of runs the show here uh an email went out uh last week i'm, I'm trying to find well, it let's right start now chronologically. three of them an email went out yeah last... i'm trying to find the first one i mean last year last year yes so so this is the part that I think people kind of glossed over. Last year, it was actually during or just before last podcast movement, um, because it was people were talking about it at podcast movement. Apple put out a statement saying, hey, it's not it's not within our episode standards for you to have your episode number in the episode title, which is uh, uh, wild yeah. uh, and ridiculous. Um, so people at podcast movement were talking about it like, hey, what the hell? This is really bad for a lot of reasons, especially accessibility. Um, and then nothing came of that. They were just like, hey, don't, don't do it. And then a week ago, was it really only a week ago, Gavin? Let's see. That can't be right. I'm so tired. Um, February 27th. Optimize your show's metadata God. and resubmit RSS feeds and podcast connect. Dear podcast provider, to improve your experience with Apple Podcasts, we want to share the following information and updates. Optimize your show's metadata. The metadata of your show in your product is your product packaging. It includes all the details about your show. Yada, 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 yada. Um, uh, here are some things to avoid, including placeholder text from your hosting provider, verbatim repetition of the title or author's name in the description, incorporating irrelevant content or spam, and adding episode numbers and titles. For example, shows like The Very Hungry Tourist, Episode 01, or episode titles like 01, Broken Heirloom. So they've effectively said, don't make your not... 
excuse me, don't make your nonfiction show that requires episode numbers in the title have episode numbers in the title. Uh, put them in these brackets that no one will see except for the iTunes app. Um, or, hey, do you have a fiction show that it's very important that people listen to the episodes in order? Just don't mm-hmm. put episode numbers in it. If they listen to it, just don't. If they it's listen fine. to it on Apple Podcasts, things will be perfectly fine. Especially if it's something like Giannis Descending, which was released in a very specific structure where it wasn't linear, you know? Yeah. Like, and there's ugh. some things like, um, um, what was it? The Hyacinth Disaster. I accidentally listened to a, a not the first episode of The Hyacinth Disaster. Yeah. Uh, luckily, in that yeah. in that example, The Hyacinth Disaster literally starts with the ho- the writer of the show saying, "This is part blah of seven. Um, I also yep. did this to another fiction show that I have completely forgotten about since since time memorial unsubscribed. Uh, God fucking forbid you try to listen to the thrilling adventure hour out of time, right? <laughs> I think that's the only fiction show <laughs> I can think of where that would just be totally fucking fine because it's entirely episodic and goofy even though there actually are recurring yeah. plot points there um yeah this terrified a lot of people at once this mm-hmm. email is because like we do know that there were some feeds turned down i don't know if we saw the removals of any feeds but they did threaten that they basically said like hey if you do this normal ass thing we will take your show off of itunes which is a huge deal. <laughs> and then february 28th happened and it's the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen happen from a major corporation i feel re- mm-hmm. i, I want to say right now this is funny and i'm laughing at apple sorry to whoever wrote this email dear podcast provider yes. we've received a lot of questions about metadata best practices on apple podcasts we want to provide more details and clarification as you think about improving your show's metadata you won't in this is in bold you your show won't be removed for having episode numbers in episode titles starting with ios 11 in september 2017 we introduced modern rss tags to improve podcast metadata these tags support uh for seasons trailers episode numbers uh the new tags help us present your show to your listeners on apple podcasts and present listening data to you in podcast analytics we encourage you to use the tag and send us your episode numbers. If you decide to include episode numbers in your episode. <laughs> and the email just ends <laughs> mid sentence at the worst possible point in that single sentence. And we had so- to wait a whole goddamn day. <laughs> No, yeah, one next day, the exact same email, but now it doesn't stop. <laughs> so in in the Discord server I run, this this spawned one of the the funniest ongoing bits where initially we were all talking about how frustrated we were by this change, like thinking it was ridiculous. And I think that somebody was like we need to talk to iTunes about this. How do I write a letter to Mr. iTunes, to Joe iTunes? <laughs> so Joe iTunes became a character. And when when somebody posted this email that 
cut off halfway through, somebody was like, oh my god, I can't believe they just killed Joe iTunes in the middle of his email. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, this is, um, it's really embarrassing. I, it's it's embarrassing. It's I, there's not. It's embarrassing. What else do we say? It's so embarrassing. Well, the thing that sucks here isn't that. Oh well, Apple whoopsie doodled and the email got fucked up. It's the fact that right. Um, iTunes has such a iTunes is still such a massive part of the framework of how podcasting works. That if right. a show were to just off iTunes that ruins it for a lot of other platforms too because a lot of different places pull from itunes Mm -hmm. not directly from the host so if you're gone from itunes you're gone from a few other places too uh it's it's unfortunate that a single email fuck up from apple can cause hundreds of people to worry about this thing that they some of them have spent thousands of dollars producing and have a lot mm-hmm. of money on the line of ads continuing to run uninterrupted on as many podcasters as possible. Uh, yeah, it, I, that's the power. For, that's the that's the, the that's the monopoly of podcasting right now is iTunes, and this pretty much is iTunes saying, "Do what we want you to do." So, or cater to us. Make sure you produce your show in such a way mm-hmm. it looks best. It looks as good as possible on Apple Podcasts. You know the app that really needs some improving. And quite yeah. and quite frankly, yeah, I will say that I know there are people at iTunes trying really hard to improve podcast stuff because I they they ask people yes they ask a lot they solicit yes. suggestions that's great that's fantastic but mm-hmm. also iTunes has had a long time Apple has had a long time. And then suddenly something like Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict rolls up and right. like Podcast Addict is Or, you know, Spotify Spotify, yeah. And puts a ton of money in podcasts. Podcast Addict is a guy. It's one person. Just a who dude. is supported by your friends on Patreon. And Podcast Addict's a really good fucking app. I don't use Podcast Addict anymore mm-hmm. because I'm a little baby and I wanted my shows oriented alphabetically. But <laughs> uh also also the pocket cast has a way better web interface I, that's just yes. me being picky sorry y'all apple podcast should not be an app that when someone says i listen on apple podcast i have to suck air through my teeth and go it's great you're listening to podcasts if you're really into it i suggest trying other apps yes it's not common yes. that it shouldn't be a thing that oh it just randomly forgets my all of my subscriptions huh Guess it was time. Guess it was time to Marie Kondo my listening experience. <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah, there are same, shows actually. in there are shows in my subscription feed that do not bring me joy. Oh, big same. So speaking of ads, so... ads. Yeah. Okay. So this is the one everyone's been listening for. Let's be honest. Um. Yeah. March 3rd, 2019, the New York Times posts the following article. With big stars and paid subscriptions, Luminary aims to be the Netflix of podcasts, featuring a very snazzy photo of Matt Slacks, co-founder of Luminary, a upcoming app slash subscription service. And I think that what we're not talking about a lot in both this New York Times post and on Twitter is the fact that Luminary is a podcatcher. Like, it we've been what we're about to talk about is luminary the company but 
I notice and not a lot of focus is being put on the fact that at its core, it's just a podcatcher app. Right. So Luminary is a podcatcher where there is going to be a free version, but their focus is on their $8 a month subscription service, um, which they are launching with 40 new pieces of exclusive podcasting, like 40 new exclusive podcasts. Yes. One of which is the AM Archives from Atypical Artists. It's going to be one of the spinoffs of The Bright Sessions. Also, The Bright Sessions novel got announced. The first the, one of the trilogy. That's amazing. Which is fantastic. Incredible. Holy shit, the cover looks great. The cover art's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. There's I'm, a clip I'm, of it um, uh, 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 out yeah. that's really, really fucking good. I'm so excited for it. Yes. Uh, quite frankly, I'm excited for everyone who's working on the AM Archives. Um yeah, we should just get that out before we, because we are going to criticize Luminary. We're going to do it. Um, I I think that if you know who we are as people, as critics, and as people as members of the community and industry, we couldn't be happier for the entire Bright Sessions team. Like they they deserve they deserve everything. Yeah. They deserve the world. Like obviously, but we do have some worries about luminary um personally this is one of those things where i was furious immediately i was so frustrated then i cooled off a little bit and then some people who are smarter than i am tweeted about it and i read their threads and i cooled off a little bit more and now that i've had some time to digest i've kind of i haven't quite come full circle but I am still very exhausted by and nervous about Luminary's <clears throat> existence. Just from the headline of that New York Times piece. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like almost a totally different conversation. Um, I, it, 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 the, the Netflix of podcasting, both, that, that's Wait, not a thing. On. And also, that, that's everything. Let me just find it here. Uh, blow the dust off of here. <laughs> oh, look at this. This thing I have printed out for years. It's August 17th, 2015 from fastcompany.com yep. is how is uh-huh. how the Netflix of podcast we've been waiting for. There's no true one stop. It's just Howl. It's just Howl. And Howl did not go well. We've talked about how Howl did on this go podcast, well for the people who made Howl. No, it didn't. <laughs> Howl went, Howl went fantastic because they sold out to Stitcher. Okay, true, true, but like, I mean, I mean, they aren't making that much money because the the, the there's still a shell for the website right. that directs you to Stitcher Premium. They're not paying for HTTPS. They're, it's not secured. It's an insecured right. site. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's just yeah. Howl. This is literally just how. Okay, I'll give them this. All right. Howl, Howl's big thing was we're going to take all of Earwolf shit. Also, we have quietly made some exclusive shows with Earwolf people. Mm-hmm. And we have made them app only. So you have to have the app to listen to these. Also, to pad it out so we can say we have thousands of hours of content, we got the rights to every Hannibal Buress album, every Maria Bamford album, just a shitload of stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. 
and all of WTF from Mark Marin's backlog. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Threw it all on there. Kind of like how CISO bought the Monty Python streaming rights. Like those are the village bicycle. Everyone's had a turn. Um, it's a good way to beef up your thing and act like, oh, we fucking care. Uh, Luminary did not buy a bunch of stand-up comedy. Yeah, no. But, but Luminary, if you pretend that Howl didn't do all the stand-up stuff, it reads exactly the same. They've got um, they've got a follow a musical podcast sequel to Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, which is the thing they lead with in the article. I guess they expected New York Times readers to be like, "Ooh, um, that's the most creative thing in the ad, in, in the in the write up." <clears throat> and then they have uh, Lena Dunham's new show. Uh, Trevor Noah is going to have a show. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell making a podcast. That's fucking new. <laughs> and um, Conan O'Brien. Uh, Hannibal Buress is not mentioned in this press release, which surprises me because he's part of Luminary and. Mm-hmm a huge fucking comedian there's only one paragraph in this that i can find that mentions luminary is technically free as an app you just have to pay to get to the gate the gated stuff Mm -hmm. because the what's the the company line is we're giving money to creatives to do whatever the fuck they want it's like maximum fun but without the audience support part of it so far like maximum fun still runs traditional oh, ads. oh oh that kind of yes yes but luminary doesn't yes like max fun has traditional ad revenue and then they also have the audience giving them money yes. luminary is we just got a shitload of vc money right. and we're gonna throw it at a bunch of famous people yes i do and th- they're so expecting I- this to they're expecting this to be uh, they're going to be able to like it's going to be a shot in the arm for the podcasting community all these creatives who've had no time or money because podcasting does not pay well i mean as um uh as lauren shippen said in that recent blog mm-hmm. post the uh the patreon for the bright sessions pays for the bonus episode a month that's right. it they don't they make zero money off of yeah. that patreon i want to talk about that blog post a bit um so on her tumblr Lauren Shippen posted a long post about why they chose to go with Luminary. And it was one of the things that... It is linked in the show notes, by the way. Yes, thank you. It was one of the things that made me sort of second guess how I'd been thinking about it. Her, Her big points were, one, they've given me complete creative freedom. Two, this is going to allow me to actually pay everyone what they deserve. Three this is not the only show I will be making in the next five years. This will help me make other shows because I'm being paid, which I think was Which is great. great. And then I also want to bring up the other thread that made me think about a lot of, of my concepts around monetization in podcasting. Um, this is a thread from Jordan Cobb, uh, who makes The Honest Ascending, she does Here Be Dragons. That thread is really it's good. It's really fucking good. Um, so her thread was on March 5th, which was when all of this was happening. She writes, I feel as though we as a collective are far too skeptical of monetization and building a sustainable business platform in slash around the world of podcasting and audio drama because all these vague fuck capitalism sentiments. Here's the thing. Capitalism is here to stay. 
Nobody likes yeah. the idea of the rich getting richer. However, they're going to continue to do so. And they will continue to do so because people like us refuse to play the game and end up shutting ourselves out of potentially lucrative avenues for developing our art. And then she goes on to say, then on top of that, we shun them and shame them and shame the people who do play into that system as sellouts. Hard truth. The only way to do something about places like Luminary being full of white dudes is to give them as many other options as possible. We have to enter those spaces and we cannot wait for an invitation because they don't know we exist. Capitalism isn't being... See, that's the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I, just to put it... Continue reading, but put a pin in that. Yes. We haven't been invited. Yes. Capitalism isn't being dismantled anytime soon, and it's not a reasonable sentiment in the society we live in if you ever expect to make a living doing what you love. Yes, it sucks, but you have to pay your bills, which means you have to play into capitalism or move. But moreover, fuck capitalism is an incredibly privileged statement and viewpoint. It is naive to believe that someone isn't going to end up disenfranchised by whatever idealistic system we move to. People of color are only just starting to break into those higher economic tiers, and we're only just being allowed to play the capitalist game. And now it's like getting the rug pulled out from under our feet because all of a sudden, after white, after white men and women have gotten to do it for hundreds of years, now that you're tired of it, it's suddenly bullshit to feed into capitalism just, n just now that we know how it works, and frankly, that pisses me off. I think that there is so much, so much in, in this thread that is so brilliant. I I am still, I'm capitalism wary. I, I always will be. Um, but I love this discussion of how fuck capitalism is a really privileged thing to say because she is right. It is. Yeah, yeah. And being this wary of platforms where people like Jordan could be compensated for her work fairly you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. Now, granted, I I don't I don't trust Luminary or any platforms like it to care. That's the thing. That's the thing that fucks with me is because there's no one like Jordan on Luminary's lineup yet. Luminary comes out in June, so some of this is us getting mad right when it gets announced, but. They did also announce it, right? Like, their launch was, we have, they told New York Times, the fucking New York Times, we have John Cameron Mitchell's sequel to Hedwig and the Angry Inch, a show called The C Word with Lena Dunham, something from Conan O'Brien, something from Malcolm Gladwell, and something from Trevor Noah. That is about as much as we've been told by Spotify, who just went, we hired Amy Schumer for a hundred million dollar podcast. These are, and, and then, and then we, like, uh, is, oh, that's the thing that really, this is the thing that was pissing me off and I completely forgot. The AM archives are not in this press release. Yeah, that is really disappointing. Like, that was announced the day after, yes. separately, by a typical artist. The fact that they, they, that that tells me there are other people besides Lauren Shippen behind the scenes that we don't know about yet, which is great. But why the fuck would you not say the sequel to The Bright Sessions, one of the most popular fiction shows, 
ever made in podcasting. That's what scares me is that they, they might have some people who are not just famous dudes talking about shit, but Howl didn't put any fucking effort into advertising that content. Yeah. So so Um, Spotify hasn't, I want to first off um, just say again that like, we'll link Jordan's threads uh, in the show notes and they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with, with pretty much everything she's saying again, I'm still wary of luminary specifically, but I, I, um, this really changed how I think about monetization and podcasting overall, which I think is a much bigger battle to win in how I think of things. I, I thought it was brilliant and I'm so glad that she brought all of these things up and, I I like that now when my brain thinks fuck capitalism, I'm going to think about this thread and take a moment to actually introspect. Yeah. Um You run ads. If you can run an audible ad, fucking do it. Yeah, right. Please get paid. Um the uh, what frustrates me about this, because I've just been circling, because I'm just I'm trying not to be negative, but well, I uh, think, I'm trying not to be a negative person in the podcasting I think that, scene. Unfortunately, what it goes back to is that we we've seen this happen, and not only does it usually we, not work so far, it's used as an example for why podcasts don't make money, and that hurts everyone. Um, it just makes me wonder, like, or not wonder. It makes me wish we had another maximum fun that is not restricted by the restrictions of maximum mm-hmm. fun right cuz the the inherent model of maximum fun is fantastic mm-hmm. i i suspect it works cuz they're still mm-hmm. here right like it's been a while but um comedy and culture is a really restricting theme they have chat shows with famous people and accidentally a couple of fiction shows mm-hmm. yeah which feel a lot like it's because they're friends with people at Max Fun. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, Mission at Zix excites me because even though it is improv with a lot of editing, even though it is improv, which is most of the stuff at Max Fun, <laughs> it wants to be a fiction show. So maybe with that and the Adventure Zone and Beef and Dairy Network and Bubble, eh, we'll push towards maximum fun opening the coffers a bit and trying something more creative than hey there's an earwolf show where people play random games submitted by audience members let's buy that Mm -hmm. show because earwolf canceled Mm it um that's not a that's not an exciting new risky thing that's just taking a thing that worked and giving it to your network (laughs) uh i no no offense which is a sound business practice it is a sound business practice doctor game show sounds fun but um, retooling international waters to be troubled waters, which is just we got this with Mark and Hal, but with more famous people. Uh, and it's basically just Judge John Hodgman, in which a famous person debates a not that important thing. That's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, those yeah. are so those are sound business decisions. Yes. You, how about we talk about a not sound business decision that Luminary just what? made? The bunny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So this happened this morning or last night, I think. Yeah, it's not a cute look. Okay, so here's the thing. This is not a good look. Here's the thing. Everything I've just said about Luminary, 
I like the idea of a podcast app I can pay $8 for, $8 a month for, and know my money is going towards Lauren Shippen and everyone Lauren Shippen's working with. And, all, and you know, all these people, it, it, it is unfortunate that I know some of the pennies from my money are going towards Conan O'Brien's show, which does not need my fucking mm-hmm. money. It doesn't need mm-hmm. a cent of it. Never will. Um, <clears throat> Luminary tweeted a it's it's the meme where it's ASCII of a bunny holding a the a protester sign and then you type in text. Uh, Luminary posted bunny holding sign meme that says podcasts don't need ads. Yeah. This got ratioed to fucking back. Yeah. Um, it is 222 replies, nine retweets, 109 likes. That's not actually as bad as a ratio as I thought it would be. But consider this podcast Twitter, usually not that con- confrontational mm-hmm. of a place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know uh, if I would agree with that, this, actually. We can we can be a pretty confrontational bunch. From people, from people like Hank Green, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hank Green posted, bunny meme, careful, don't alienate podcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh Aaron Mankey said this is toxic. Um, so here's the thing. I know and like the folks that behind Luminary, they want to build a catalog of top quality shows. Great. This, this is toxic. It's toxic because it's sending a message that ads are bad. And the reality is most podcasters who run ads need yes. them. Uh, Luminary actually responded to mm-hmm. that one. Uh, you're right, Aaron. We shouldn't minimize the importance of ads. Our free app bolsters ad-supported shows, <sighs> and our subscription network offers fans and creators a new option. We believe there should be a choice. We appreciate the thoughtful discussion. Fuck you. So this is this is the thing that makes me mad. They responded to all the people getting pissed off saying, we've heard you loud and clear. Ads are an important part of podcasting, and a subscription model can be too. We appreciate the conversation, and believe the creators and listeners should have a choice. Fuck you. That's not an apology. And it's an ad for Luminary at the same time. Yeah. Both that and the response to Aaron Mankey are them plugging themselves. Yep. yep. Except all of the other normal posts from Luminary that are self-promotional talk about the subscription part. Not also it's a free app. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to... I, I guess they don't want the negative connotations of we're a free app to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. They want people to think, oh, this is where I'm getting the AM archives. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. to go here to get this. And then once they commit to it, they go, oh, I can just use this instead of Pocket Cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? If Luminary's app is fucking tight, I'd use it over Pocket Cast. I, like, I am loyal to no right. company. Whoever provides me the best service, like, that's the thing. H bomber guy a week ago uploaded a video, uh, a video essay on woke mm-hmm. brands, which is it's 27 minutes of fucking brilliance uh, in which he talks about how they're like, he follow he trends the history of brands being quirky and funny because they realize just selling you sexy people using their product won't work anymore. Um, and it, it, gets to the point of talking about that Gillette ad that was specifically made to piss off people. Um, That Luminary is trying to be cute and funny, but they're not in the right demographic, right? Because podcasts don't need ads is what people who listen to a couple chat shows and NPR here, 
they probably hear that and go, fuck yeah, fuck right. yeah, I hate hitting skip, fuck yeah, they don't need my money, I'm not buying this shit, um, but what they're doing is they're going to podcast Twitter, and podcast Twitter is where we're all hustling Patreons and sending each other coffees when we're having really fucking bad right. days, and um, and hustling to get ads. Yeah. These aren't the people who are going to be uh, liking that kind of rhetoric, and that's the kind of rhetoric you're choosing to have three months before launch. Yeah. What the fuck, Luminary? Yeah. I, I think to round out the conversation about Luminary, I want to bring up another thread that I thought was really fantastic um, and kind of goes the opposite of Jordan Cobbs, but the two tie together really well. And what I, what I thought was very sweet was that the two of them were retweeting each other, even with their conflicting viewpoints on this. Um so this, th this thread is from Tozaman of the Whisper Forge. They worked on Ars Paradoxica. They're currently the showrunner of Caravan, which we love. Um, this was March 4th. Um, so it was a day before Jordan Cobbs. And the thread starts, You guys, wherever you stand on the podcast behind the paywall issue, hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital dollars hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital dollars showing up and saying they suddenly want to make make a strip mall out of your favorite content should bother you. I don't know any simpler way to say this. Venture capital of that size is inherently exploitative. That money can only come from exploitation through capitalism. So many folks are caught up in the weeds of whether Netflix of podcasts will be a good thing or a bad thing instead of examining who is making that happen. Whom does this model serve? Luminary purports to give creators freedoms to take risks with upfront investment, but their rogues gallery of showrunners are celebrities like Lena Dunham. Unless you're one of the podcasters who made it TM and get their foot in the door early on this arrangement. And like, really, good for you. So proud of you, baby. Get your dollars. The vast majority of us can only suffer from exclusion under this model. I used to work for VCs. Let me tell you this. They're the kind of people who literally walked on treadmill desks while making conference calls. There is no beautiful story that can be born from those dollars. With that, Gavin. Just be wary of paywalls. That's all I'm going to say. Because, yeah. like, there's ways to do it. But EOS 10 putting season one behind a paywall while season four was a timed exclusive with Stitcher. That's not how you do mm -hmm. it. Earwolf did uh tried to do a paywall across everything mm -hmm. and fucked up uh Magic Tavern fans real bad. Uh so much so Magic Tavern became the exception to the rule mm -hmm. uh with Howl. Yeah. Fiction has it rough as it is. And what Luminary is telling me right now is besides Hedwig and the Bright Sessions, that's all they got fiction wise. Yeah. So I just wanna I want to make sure we're being if I'm being an asshole on Twitter for no real good reason and it turns out I'm wrong fucking great because maybe just maybe it helped prevent something from being a problem in future. Uh, let's just make sure we keep an eye out for everybody because there are people working really fucking hard on their shows yeah. trying to make a product people like uh, and we can't afford to pay people yeah. what the, most people in podcasting can't afford to pay what people deserve. I just want everyone to get paid and nobody to be excluded yeah. or oppressed or, you know, exploited. And as do I, that's, it's not real, but it's, but it's very complicated. So I think my feelings on this are just very ambivalent. I'm curious to see where it goes. 
I don't have a lot of faith, but I do have much more faith after reading Jordan Cobb's thread. Should we recommend some podcasts, Gavin? We should. I've just been tagged about something train related on Discord. So I'm going to put that off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a recommendation for you. Please. So you liked you liked the Justin McElroy show, Things I Bought at Sheets, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of like that, but imagine that it's just with like pizza related products, you know? Um, so what's, what's fun is, um, the shows tend to focus on when a place offers like pizza pocket-esque food or, you know, like kind of garbo pizza products like that. Um, the twist that makes the show so much fun is that the host actually does every episode treating the people in the restaurant like their audience, which is like awkward, but also kind of fun and ridiculous. Um, at first... It was a good gag, but then people started touring with them and waiting for them to come to their city. It got, it kind of blew up. Um, and it actually started catching on a lot, which meant that when they went to the pizzeria, they had to just go to standing room only, which is bonkers. So the, the whole place was like crammed with with listeners. Um, and it's called Crowded in the Hut by My Zone Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I fucking took long enough for Chuck Tingle to show up on the show. Yeah, this one comes from the lovely T.H. Ponders of Accession. Um, they're great. Would that be in the Puncast in Goofs channel? Yes. <laughs> I will say I will say this for full disclosure. Um, I started backing Will on Patreon a while back, and um, I I check basically every channel in Podcast Problems except that one. Puncast and Goofs <laughs> has stayed. Wa- I have never looked in there because Good. I want to maintain I want to maintain the <laughs> fact that I literally open Pocket Cast and while Will's talking come up with something. <laughs> I have a real one for you. Let's hear it. So this is a brand new podcast. It's called The 1237. Gavin, do you know about this? Because you should. Yeah, you fucking stole one of mine. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's up Gavin's alley because of trains. So, Quite frankly, not a lot of train in twelve thirty seven. Yeah. Um. Yet. So the twelve thirty seven is about a woman who it, it's like a typical train mystery. Like that's like a genre of of mystery novels is happen on train. Figure out what happened of train. Um you know, words. The kicker here is that, um, one, gay. Two, the train does a time travel. Um, so there's a hijinks all afoot. It's super interesting. It's super fun. It's, it's again, brand new, but it's a really great listen. That's the 1237. I want to give, I want to give Alma props for making this show. And yeah. actually making it because yes. if I was given the core, the core concept of character gets on train, finds out it's a time traveling train. I would, it almost been working on this for a couple of months, three or four months now, I think um, I would still be in the stage of, 
planning out, okay, so in this episode, it's going to the 60s. So I'm going to use this sound design so that once it, when it goes back in time, the, the cars get all rickety and shit because it turns into an older train. Mm-hmm. And when it goes in the future, it's a nice sounding train. And like, <laughs> and like, I would still be fucking around buying sounds. <laughs> Dom has actually produced a show that's listenable and has a good plot. Almost <laughs> <laughs> actually like making the thing. So, Will, uh, I have a podcast to recommend to you. Bring it on. Uh, so, uh, well, we were talking about Lauren Shippen earlier. Lauren Shippen has this awesome podcast that is adorably uh, tied together with Join the Party for some reason. Like, they've been best friends on Twitter. Um, uh, Lauren Shippen is part of this new, fun, little, uh, atypical artist show that's uh fifth edition dungeons and dragons i think um mm-hmm. except they put a fun they put a fun twist on it everyone's a cop but they're undercover so it's called narcs oh my god of course it is hey, hey. <laughs> <Ugh>. unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately my actual recommendation isn't arcs because i haven't gotten time to listen to arcs yet i'm super excited about it it's um, really good because they are just fucking goofy friends with join the party on twitter yes <laughs> it's great uh my first recommendation i bring to you today is he says scrolling down trying to find the show art death by dying um death by dying is mm-hmm. a wonderfully deliciously dark uh audio drama set in crestfall idaho each episode's gimmick is you are hearing the the adventures of the obituary writer in town who is just going to various dead people's like like where someone's murdered or uh, a dead body was found just kind of figuring out what happened so you can write the obituary it has this weird like funky uh night veil meets king's fall am feel to it but it has enough um supporting cast and enough heart that it doesn't feel like just another night veil show if that makes sense yeah Um, Along the way, here's a quote from the description. Along the way, he encounters murderous farmers, man-eating cats, haunted bicycles, and a healthy dose of ominous shadows. This, the humor of Death by Dying is really well delivered. Uh, I highly recommend it. The first season is five episodes long. The fifth episode, I, uh, they're about 20, 28, almost 30 minutes an episode. The fifth episode is a, like, about um uh pushing 32 minutes and it feels a little bit longer in a good way a lot of plot happens in the last episode uh and there's some really good character moments which it's 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 a goofy show so you don't expect that somewhat if that makes sense but in the end it ends up delivering some wonderful character moments it's fun <coughs> and season two is happening so now's a good time yeah. to uh listen to it so will yeah, what's your have- second recommendation yeah, so my second recommendation is going to be Unwell. Um, Unwell is by Heartlife so good. Uh, NFP. Or profit, yes, NFP. Um, it is fantastic. It is a Midwestern gothic. It is both hilarious and deeply unsettling. It feels kind of, you know what it feels like? Oh my god. It feels like if you mixed Palimpsest season one with What's the Frequency? yeah wow yeah Yeah. holy shit yeah it's really good it's that so it's great is what i'm saying um it's really fantastic uh it's beautiful so far it sounds amazing the performances are stunning 
again, mixes the humor with the kind of horror and terror really, really, really well. Um, and that is Unwell. Gavin, do you have a second one? So, Will, my final recommendation is a difficult one. Okay. It's difficult because I listen to The Adventure Zone a lot. And the voice actor, uh, this is a one-actor show, the voice actor was the name of an NPC in The Adventure Zone. Oh. On the Rockport Limited. Okay. The show I'm about to tell you about is voice acted by Lehman Kessler. And what? that fucks with... <laughs> yes. What? That, fuck, what? that fucks with me so hard. That what? breaks my brain. Yes. What? The Lehman what? Kessler. Yes. What? What is it? Moonbase Theta Out is a audio drama set on the moon. And it's this... <clears throat> Trying to get rid of some of the fry here. Moonbase Theta Out is a serious but quietly funny show set on the last moon base. Uh, and they're all being cycled. The, the idea is they're all being shot down, sent back to Earth. The, the geopolitical situation on Earth we learn about in small little mentions and shit's very different than it is now um the thing that is really ooh, this show has an overwhelming sense of doom and dread that i can only say i felt watching mash as a kid nice and reading Love that. and reading looking f and reading looking for alaska and wow. i say that because have you read looking for alaska Oh yeah, like so. You I know how the chapters the are numbered sometimes, but yes. So you remember the chapter naming scheme, yeah. Where yeah. Ha like two thirds of the book are counting down, and then there's a chapter without a number, and then it yep. starts counting up. Yep. And the shit that happens in that unnumbered chapter is fucked up. It, yes. Yeah. Um, episode one of Moonbase Theta Alpha is twenty. And then 19, 18, 17, 16. We're counting down through the last 20 weeks of Moonbase Theta Alpha or Moonbase Theta. Moonbase Theta. Um, it, oh, a, a good podcast to compare this to is The Hyacinth Disaster because The Hyacinth mm. Disaster flat out tells you this is, a, this is not going to go well. It's like watching Titanic. I don't know what there's one more week. I mean, I could go pledge on Patreon and find out right now. I'm probably going to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> but now's a good time to tune in. Cause we're almost to the end of season one. It has been confirmed. There's going to be a second season with more voice actors. It's not written yet, but there are plans to do a multi actor show in this, in this universe with some of the characters mentioned, but the structure of moon base theta out is uh, the, I think his name is Roger played by Lehman Kessler is giving a weekly report that's meant to be beamed up to a satellite and sent back to their owner corporation at earth broadcasting. This is Roger Bergato Fisher communications, moon base theta. The date is August 4th, 2098. The time is 1015. We are now at 20 weeks before base shutdown. So it's him talking about what's happening on the base and it's usually by the book stuff, but 
as the weeks go on, shit gets worse. And um, each, the way it's structured is fucking brilliant because the end of every call, he has a thing in his contract that says he gets so many seconds of personal message he can send back. So he talks to his husband and it starts off being these cute little funny messages about i got those pic- i got that picture of those puppies you picked up where did those come from like it's <laughs> this adorable little one-way conversation regarding your comment on my last transmission if you review my employment contract i am allocated 15 seconds of each broadcast for personal messages my personal message is as follows to my husband alessandra i love you give castor and pollux a treat for me i'll be coming home soon Moonbase Theta out. Through those adorable one-way conversations, it's a slow burn of a show, but you get invested and you start to get worried about if they don't get to talk anymore. Uh, mm. I am a fucking sucker for shows like this. Um, yeah. This is totally my jam. Moonbase Theta out. I cannot recommend uh, enough. So, yeah. Nice. You can find that on monkeymanproductions.com <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there's Moonbase Theta out. So that is our recommendations for this episode. This this is um this is a this is a complicated one to do. Will yeah, a lot of stuff happened in the industry at once. Yes, but so much good shit on the horizon. There's so many good yeah. shows coming out right now. Um, yes. we got that Bright Sessions book coming. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so excited. Second second um Adventure Zone book is coming in July too. Yes. Um, Anybody who's excited about Rockport Limited, like myself, um, would be very much. I actually listened to Rockport Limited again. Uh, last I love week. Rockport Limited. It is underrated. You know, I I love that. Literally, everyone else in the world decided the Rockport Limited is a steam train, while Griffin McElroy was just trying to say it's a fucking diesel with like with yeah. like those old school <laughs> like those old school ones where you just it's just the fronts of bubble and there's a driver's seat and that's it because he keeps calling it a cab and everyone else is trying to like pull levers and shit that don't exist uh <laughs> there's just a lot of improv happening during that last episode that makes zero spatial sense and yep. it's just you could just hear griffin trying to like just end it let's just finish this <laughs> All right, you jump off the train and it works. Cool, great. Perfect. Oh, you. Oh, now, now Magnus needs reviving. <laughs> Fucking great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, good things are on the way. That's what we should focus on. Good things are always on the way. So, uh, with that, I almost did the red light library outro. Thank <laughs> you so much for listening, everybody. We cannot wait to see you next episode. If they want to find you on the internet, will where can they find you? You can find me at at Will W. Writes. That's W-I-L-W underscore writes on Twitter. You can find me at WillWilliams.Reviews. You can find me on Discover Pods, the podcast host, Polygon. And I'm also now freelancing for the AV Club's Podmass, which is very Ooh. exciting. I know. Gavin, where can people find you? People can find me on the internet at the Pod Report on Twitter and now at thepodreport.com. That's right. Yeah. No more WordPress horseshit. It is now just thepodreport.com whoop de doo nice. If you want to find out more about the show, we are at dialed up podcast at wordpress.com and that's where all of our stuff is. Yep, uh, and tuned in dialed up on Twitter. Alright. Oh, we probably say bye to the people. Thank okay. you so much for listening to everybody. Bye. Bye.